That was a good podcast. Everyone loves good podcasts. How's it going, eh? It's going all right. Excellent. In now, spite of... Yes. Hmm? In spite of everything that's going on, I am now quarantined. Yes, coronavirus alert. Yeah. Uh, the, um, the, the virus report. I don't it's, know, something like that. Yeah. It's not an order, so I am self-quarantined. But I want to call it a furlough. My store closed, and they are going to pay us for a, a sort of indefinite period of time, uh, you know, reassessing as we go forward. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what happens. I hope, yeah. uh, I hope more good news happens, yes. but I fear, it, I fear it is not. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Correct. Uh, in all likelihood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two podcasts that I listened to that really clarified my ideas and thinking and understanding. Mm-hmm. One was Adam Conover's factually hmm. where he had uh, Dr. Ashish Jha from the, the the director of the Harvard Global Health Institute. Okay. Uh, answering questions about the coronavirus. Very enlightening and helpful to know. And then uh, the most recently, I think I just listened to it today, actually, was uh, the new Ezra Klein show where he had um, Obama's director of the Ebola response. Mm-hmm. Or the coordinator or, you know, chief of. Yeah. Talking about the same thing. And it was just sort of made clear that whatever we see now is a result of whatever happened two weeks ago or so. Yeah, right. Call it, you know, 11 to 14 days. Sure. So whatever happens in two weeks, right, is, uh, yeah, it's, it's what's happening now. So doing a lot of things now isn't going to see much result until two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So it's a scary time um, trying to think of productive things I can do in this time besides just watch Netflix or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or scroll Twitter looking for right. whatever new dumb thing <laughs> the president has said. Yeah, there's an endless amount of um, entertainment mm-hmm. uh, and made easy easier by the entertainment companies. Yes. Uh, which is nice of them to, to offer, sure. uh, you know, whatever you do, don't stop. What, what was that? Was that a Simpsons where they said, you know, whatever you do, do not turn off your, uh, well, your TV. Yeah, it was, he said, oh, was it crusty? No, what was that? You know what I'm talking about? Though it was unusual to spend 28 minutes reporting on a doll, this reporter found it impossible to stop talking. It's just really fascinating news, folks. Good night. Oh, and the president was arrested for murder. More on that tomorrow night. Or you can turn to another channel. Oh, do not turn to another channel. Yeah. And then uh, the when the cable went out, or the, the TV mm-hmm. went out in general in Springfield, and <laughs> resist the urge to talk to loved ones or attempt <laughs> sexual relations as years of TV radiation have made your <laughs> genitals withered. And useless. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. <laughs> Wiggum lo- actually looks <laughs> yeah. under the sheets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Both of those are valid. <laughs> yes. 
So apologies if you think my laughter is making light of anyone's various very serious situation you know somebody just posted that this is not a this is not a joke you Mm -hmm. know on one of the comment threads and i I said hey people make light to relieve stress yes they do and i certainly do if we we understand each other's points and yet we could still put a quip in there Mm -hmm. yeah you can joke about the thing that isn't a joke though as long as you do it with understanding and compassion i think that's fine Mm-hmm. it's it's how it's it's just it's a very human response to do that i think mm-hmm. without laughter what do we have <laughs> well these are strange times so nobody really uh we we're we're flying blind until we have either widespread testing or vaccine yeah so um, i don't think anyone has really wrapped their head around how long we're going to have to put some kind of measure uh, restrictive measures mm. in place around what we do. Yeah. Well, we don't, I mean, they do their daily press briefing right? and it's all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, especially because the Rambler is <laughs> yes. bebopping and scatting all over. Right. You know, he's, he's just, try he this, go to a, try that. Why not? <laughs> yeah. What do you got to lose? Yeah. Well, a lot your life, maybe <laughs> yes. try some anyway. Um, <laughs> Be that as it may, yeah. there's still, like you say, things are happening right. behind the scenes, you yes. know, and we don't really know. And the numbers, you know, they got the death clock going on there. Oh, Lord. The death toll uh, ticker on, mm-hmm. you know, constantly on the screen. Yeah. Eh, yeah, I don't follow that stuff. I, I can only take the other stuff in small doses. So that's a good thing. Maybe it mm-hmm. will force me off of the addiction to the, the news yeah. On, yeah. online. Um, well, that would be like the, um, was it when, when Krusty shut down mm-hmm. and they played, you know, all the kids went outside <laughs> for right, the first right. time. They're like rubbing uh, their eyes to, yeah. in the sunlight and played um, was, Beethoven's. Was it W.C.? No, it was Beethoven. Beethoven. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. thinking of uh, the sunrise thing. Oh, the, the Greek. Yeah. Pure Gint. Uh, morning. Is it, oh, yes, it is too. It's, it's Greek. Gint, of course. Yeah. Right. I always I always think it's Debussy. It's not. Yeah. I look for musical stories. Mm-hmm. So to tell my kiddos using the the real music in the background. So right. Yeah. No. Good job. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, that's uh, been the virus report. Well, what's happening with you? Oh. You're you're currently not teaching. Yes. Well, we're on spring break already. Okay. We're already scheduled to be on spring break starting you know this week. Uh, this is the weekend now, but, but right. this coming week. Helpful. And so that's that was built in <laughs> already. But right. we're, uh, we're we're to report back to school on uh, the Monday after spring break, mm-hmm. and kind of Monday and Tuesday those two days, and kind of um, figure out how we're going to provide some kind of educational opportunities mm-hmm. for the children, even though they're at home. Right. So online stuff and paper stuff. Yeah. Because there's plenty of folks that are either too poor or too isolated in the in the hollers to get internet service. Scandalous. Um, yeah, we have one source of internet, mm-hmm. um, and it's fiber optic, amazingly here. Right. But but that doesn't go everywhere. Yeah. In the county yet, they're close, but uh, right. but not everybody has it, nor can can they afford it, as I was saying. So we're going to have to try and decide. Okay, what can we do online, and also promote. Families actually looking at the stuff mm-hmm. and get their kids to do the stuff to participate, and then maybe send something out, some kind of packets and worksheets 
home in the mail with some kind of prepaid envelope because you can't charge them, mm-hmm. you know, for postage. That's true. For them to send their homework back to be uh, to be graded and whatnot. So, yeah, it's a, an interesting thing. And my neighbor was asking me about that today. He said, it's kind of hard to do music this way, isn't it? And I said, yeah, kind of, but there are some some apps and some things we can do. But there's a video conferencing thing called Zoom. Yeah. Uh, That's what a lot Zoom. of – I've seen – that a lot of teachers are using that. Yeah, and you can have up to 100 in the video chat. So, like, you can, as a teacher, you can say, you know, everybody join it at this time. And I know there's a couple of band people that are doing that for, they call them e-rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And they can also, you can set up, um, what do they call them, like side rooms. So, you know, just your clarinets can go in here and the trumpets can go in there and collaborate or have a, a teacher work with them or whatever it is. Nice. So. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. And then smart music that I've used for years, they've got you know the music on the screen. So when you do a Zoom multi-person call, when you do a mm-hmm. group chat, yeah, can is it just a chaos? Can you hear everybody at once if you want to? Can you could you lead an orchestra over Zoom chat? Yeah, I don't under I don't quite know because I haven't seen the Zoominar as okay. they call them yet uh, about that that um, there's a middle <laughs> there's a middle school band director that's uh, been hosting some zoominars because she's been using that for I don't know a, a short while yeah. but longer than anybody else we know of that right. have uh, been listening to the band director podcasts and I missed it it was yesterday that she held her e-rehearsal that people could join in yeah. to watch and figure out what she was doing with it so I don't know the results yet of that all right fair enough I guess that's uh, all you can do yeah yeah, that's it. Since that was our sort of lamenting of these days that we are living, uh, why don't you share your music share? Okay. The appropriately titled <laughs> Certified Blues. <laughs> <Is that it? laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I periodically return to ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. I've always loved them since the first time I heard, I don't know, Tush or LaGrange on the radio, whatever it was. And I said, whoa, who's that? cool guitar player and <laughs> and uh yeah never i've never not loved them mm-hmm. um, but my favorite stuff is the period from the first album which was 1970 or 71 71 uh, it says 70, on there okay 71 yeah. through 79 or 80 through fandango mm-hmm. i think was the album before eliminator mm-hmm. if i get that right eliminator is when i knew about them sure you know, that's it was the height of their them. of their videos yeah. on mtv well, they got sure. the beards going the, yeah, the like, um the synchronized we, moves so strangely the biggest band on mtv for a while yeah it's really really weird but just mm-hmm. that's how it goes right you go long enough and sometimes you hit the zeitgeist in the right <laughs> way yeah um and then they do, and then after a couple of those super uh, selling albums, they went right back to their, you know, <laughs> tried and true thing that ZZ Top does, and they're hmm. still they're still doing it. Are they still going? Yeah, they're still going. They yeah, just well, yeah, uh, they just put out an album. They well, you know what they those long beards made them seem older. Yes, although you know you figure um, a lot of bands from the '60s, and by '60s yeah. you know we mean late '60s, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they just sort of <laughs> didn't progress or mm-hmm. didn't keep going in a way, I guess I, I want to say, but, um, for some reason, maybe it's just the blues influence. Uh, ZZ top just kept on doing what they do. And we're, we're, uh, always f- fairly successful at it. Mm-hmm. Billy Gibbons played not with Jimi Hendrix, but for it, he, 
Hmm. He, I guess ZZ Top opened for Hendrix um, a few times. Okay. Um, wow. But they were friends, Hendrix and, and Billy Gibbons. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as, you know, on one incident backstage, uh, they were just hanging around. And <laughs> I don't know why there was a bunch of fluorescent paint around and a big backdrop. And uh, Hendrix got Billy Gibbons to come along with him. And he taped a sponge to his guitar Mm-hmm. And they just painted weird psychedelic <laughs> neon colors against this backdrop for, I don't know how long, just going nuts on, <laughs> on the painting <laughs> and being weird. Uh-huh. Uh, which is strange because you think of Billy Gibbons in interviews and things as a very low-key, straight-laced individual. Maybe a little risque, right? But, mm. but still, not a wild and crazy rock star. Yeah. And none of them are. But I really... Because I dig the the early sound so much, I will dip back into that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I don't think I'd ever listened to the whole first album before and thus had never heard this song. Uh-huh. really love this the first album that's it's mm-hmm. really cool hmm. yeah to, certified blues is a good title for the whole uh, mm-hmm. their whole um their whole scene man yeah and they don't like being called a blues band they don't mm. consider themselves a blues band they don't play traditional songs they don't always go by the traditional formula they'll throw in a weird set of changes periodically it's not so much on this album but if you go to Deguayo. Um, in 79, I think. There's uh, some strange stuff on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, always goes back to the basics. Which, mm-hmm. uh, good for them. I, I appreciate a band that can evolve their sound, but stay true to the roots as well. Yeah. I don't consider them to, to rehash old ground um, very much. Um, you know, even though they're working a, a tight set of influences, I, I just I find them interesting 
you know, to listen to whatever they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. They seem like, I mean, they're, they're fun to, to listen to. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, nice guys mm-hmm. by all accounts and by everything I've ever seen. What triggered this round was I started watching the documentary on Netflix about them. So oh, okay. when, it, when it came to the early days, I just, I was like, oh man, I got to hear some, I got to hear some actual music. So I paused mm-hmm. and I didn't, I haven't got back to it yet. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. You have a share, but it ain't music. That's true. I, <laughs> instead of a music share, I've got a confession to make mm. for, <laughs> you have been, I don't know if hounding is the right word, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, telling me mm-hmm. that I should, you know, get to know some Shakespeare including in, in the last show. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I've poo-pooed it. And mostly yeah. because, you know, well, everybody else likes Shakespeare, so I'm, I'm out of that scene, man. You Do know? they, though? I don't know if everybody else does like Shakespeare. Eh, you know, literature people. I think people pretend that it that you should like Shakespeare or that well, you should that's respect what I've been saying. Shakespeare. Yeah. That's I don't know what how I've been many people like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel that way about Hemingway as well, but that's oh, a, yeah. that's a that'll be next week. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I just happened to on a, I don't know just now as the winter of our discontent mm-hmm. popped into my head huh. uh, as I was looking at the magnetized Shakespeare like words on our fridge that you right. you know that you got us that I, set ga- of, I gave you some magnet poetry kit <laughs> yeah <laughs> stuff <laughs> and so <laughs> so I decided to to look that up. And well, let me back up a, a, a hair. So I just took that one first line, that opening line, mm-hmm. and I decided to to flip it. <laughs> yeah. This is supposed to be a happy occasion, right? <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, so then I made up a whole little—I don't know what it is—a uh, quatrain, <laughs> right? Of uh, opposites there, based on the the original yeah. uh, lines. And so I had a little fun with that. You did, but then I, uh, but then I went ahead and re- read through the whole thing. Is it a soliloquy, monologue? It's, it's the opening of the it's play. It's a monologue, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I guess I don't. I don't remember the definition of a soliloquy. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would say that it's not very long. No. So, and he's talking to himself. Yes. Um, but anyway, he uh, well, maybe he's narrating to the audience. It's it's possible to a phantom audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it could be just in, in his head. I, I, I don't know for sure. But uh, at any rate, so I went a through soliloquy, the whole... A soliloquy is an act of speaking one's thoughts aloud, ah. regardless of any hearers, especially by a character in a play. So, yes. Yeah, okay. In that case, tis a soliloquy. Tis. Uh, Richard III's soliloquy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I read the whole thing, and I thought, ooh, that's the, actually... The opening uh, or the you, play? Uh, the, the, the whole soliloquy of the, you okay. know, the opening of the play, right. Richard the Third's sure. opening soliloquy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, "Wow, that's pretty darn good." <laughs> yes, as far as opening something like the intrigue right. uh, and the treachery already uh, afoot. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out. I did see a, a, a shortened, um, an abridged, animated version. Uh, not the whole thing yet, but mm-hmm. uh, I saw that there is one. It's about half an hour. Oh, wow. on uh, on YouTube and um, it, it has about um, maybe a quarter of that soliloquy hmm. and then it goes on to the next scene you know throughout it uh, gives you the gist of it the animated abridged Richard the third mm-hmm. yeah so sweet we'll lick it yeah so I am 
going to yeah, check yep. it out. I don't know how much I will enjoy straight through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might take it in chunks. And I was looking up different versions, and there's the uh, Sir Lawrence Livier version. There's a couple others. Uh, Ian McKellen does bits of it where it's actually almost like a um, choose-your-adventure type thing. But this this clip is by David Morrissey. Some people think of him as uh, Liam Neeson's twin. <laughs> At any rate. A, there's a resemblance. Mm-hmm. And he does a fantastic rendition. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by this son of York. And all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Now are our brows bound with victorious wreaths, our bruised arms hung up for monuments, our stern alarms changed to merry meetings, our dreadful marches to delightful measures. Grim-visaged war hath smoothed his wrinkled front, and now, instead of mounted barbed steeds to fright the souls of fearful adversaries, he capers nimbly in a lady's chamber to the lascivious pleasing of a newt. But I, that am not shaped for sportive tricks, nor made to court an amorous looking-glass, I, that I'm rudely stamped and want love's majesty to strut before a wanton ambling nymph. I, that I'm curtailed of this fair proportion, cheated of feature by dissembling nature, deformed, unfinished, sent before my time into this breathing world, scarce half made up, and that so lamely and unfashionable that dogs bark at me as I halt by them. And therefore, since I cannot prove a lover, to entertain these fair, well-spoken days. I am determined to prove a villain and hate the idle pleasures of these days. Plots have I laid, inductions dangerous, by drunken prophecies, libels, and dreams to set my brother Clarence and the king in deadly hate the one against the other. And I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I like the I like when they don't exaggerate the deformity too much. Mm-hmm. Richard III was a flaming homosexual. So was Shakespeare, for that matter. But that angry mob at the Globe Theatre wasn't going to plunk down two shillings to see a bunch of pansies jumping about on the stage. It was society that crippled Richard, not childbirth. I mean, read your text. He sent those two cute little boys up to the tower and nobody ever saw them again. Oh, we know why, don't we? See, what I want to do here is to strip Richard Bear, metaphorically. Let's get rid of the hump. Let's get rid of the twisted extremities and show him the way he would be today. The queen who wanted to be king. Yes. Question. Are you serious? <laughs> uh, who was the actor that played Bentley on the Jeffersons? The Hi. British guy from upstairs. Paul Benedict. Ah, Paul Benedict. Indeed. He was the director of Richard III, the extremely eccentric director. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but he's not British. He's, uh, he's American. Born in, what? Born in New Mexico. Oh, my goodness. Well, that is just shocking. <laughs> uh, All my life, yeah. I've known him to be a British guy. 
Yeah. Well, what do you know about that? I mean, we grew uh, up with him on Sesame Street as well. Did we? Sure. Is that why we knew him? He was the the painter who painted numbers on things. Oh, on yeah. Films on Sesame oh, Street. Oh, yeah. I f- okay. Wow. Blast from the past. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So yeah. we already knew him and then when the Jeffersons came along. Well, sure. That that was something yeah. that struck me when I was watching the Jeffersons was that just it was weird to see him there and wreck it. I didn't. And I didn't recognize him at first. Mm-hmm. It was only later I made the connection. I was like, mm. "Oh yeah, that's the same <laughs> person." Because he had a beard a lot of times in the yeah on the, as a the number painter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, uh, he was really playing up the deformity as mm. well as, uh, and of course, he was a raving homosexual. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so he just keeps getting trying to get Richard Dreyfus to go more and more extreme. And he's yeah, emphasized the the lisp, you know, comically emphasizing the lisp and the hunch and the the club foot and everything else. <laughs> and Richard Dreyfus becomes more and more frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's all we got. Well, if you want to send us your quarantine comments, <laughs> uh, we will quarantine them immediately. <laughs> we'll sequester them. Probably. Yes, here on <laughs> It's Just Called Two Brothers. Yes. Uh, I have been Marcus. I have been James, and you could send those comments too. Uh, <laughs> it's just called Two Brothers. To bros at it's just called two brothers.com. Uh, <laughs> if you're uh, if you're using Twitter and you don't want to uh, watch uh, look at too much news, you can tweet at us at ijc2b. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that newsletter commences. Yeah. Some soon. Coming soon. What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming back. Um, linked uh, at my blog at marcusharwell.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there it is. There okay, it was. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Mm. So.